Welcome to our Money Donuts podcast video. Can we just eat the donuts? Because I already took a bite. Royal Credit Union's Money Donut podcast is here to make you smile and to get you thinking about your finances in new ways. From saving to spending to can we just eat half of it? Just finish your life. I, I want the donut. Well, there's plenty of silliness. Episodes are also filled with nutritious financial tips. Listen to the Money Donuts podcast from Royal Credit Union today at rcu.org slash podcast or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Get geared up for the hockey season with SodaStick.com. They've got all your favorite player tees from Marc-Andre Fleury to Matt Zuccarello to Ryan Hartman giving you the bird. SodaStick.com has you covered not only in just in hockey, though. You got Minnesota Vikings, Minnesota Twins, Minnesota Timberwolves, whatever your Minnesota sports team is, SodaStick has you covered with the best gear available. Don't forget to toss down Bardown Beauties at checkout for 15% off at SodaStick.com. What's going on, everybody? We are the Bard on Beauties podcast, a weekly podcast covering all things hockey, mostly here in the state of Minnesota. I am Jesse Pierce. Joining me is my co-host for an evening, Judd Zolgad. Uh, both of us very skeptical of the Minnesota Wild, so that's what makes us extra special. Um, no positivity here, folks, and it's day one of training camp, but... I love it. They got a couple more days before preseason. But it's funny, Bill Guerin, general manager of the Minnesota Wild, had mentioned today's hockey player comes in way better shape than the guys did back in his day. He said, you know, we used to come in, and that was how we got worked in. And he's like, now these guys are ready to go, hitting it hard. It's kind of crazy to think of how those highlight players that you saw back in the 90s probably couldn't keep up with the kids of today. And imagine going back to the 60s and 70s. Yeah. They, they would literally come in and and like run and train to get in shape to skate and i mean they were it, it is in all sports but especially this one uh the amount of of beer from the <laughs> summer months that had to be sweated out yeah. was impressive and you're right now they're on the ice it's like zip 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 and it used to be guys who i think would be like yeah, you know what? In about 3 weeks i might be in semi shape to play <laughs> games but yeah. until then i'm not going to be I know. Well, everybody showed up to training camp. John Merrill, Jordan Greenway participating in limited action with the Minnesota Wild. They were both injured, John Merrill, during World Championships with Team USA. Jordan Greenway, obviously a nagging injury that he ended up having surgery on in the offseason. But everybody took to the ice, different groups. Uh, but what interested me, Judd, and I know I told all my line heathens out there that I wasn't going to tweet the lines, but I got the lines. I got the lines in my head. Why would I you tweet watched the lines? Them. That's, that's what people want, Judd. People want that content. It's crazy. It's that's insane. your brand, though. It is my brand. Line heathens, hashtag line heathens. Follow me at Jesse underscore Pierce for that. Uh, no, I mean, you've got the interest look to me and it's something that I kind of anticipated heading in and again it's day one of camp it doesn't mean anything but you did see Tyson Jost fill in for Jordan Greenway with Jules Erickson at center Marcus Foligno on the other wing then you also had Freddie Goudreau on the left you had Sam Steele the new acquisition from Anaheim in addition to Matt Boldy over on the right and then on the bottom pair or on the bottom line you had uh, Connor Dewar with Marco Rossi and uh, Brandon Duhame. So I think it's interesting that Sam Steele is kind of slotted in on that third and Marco Rossi's down below. Again, day one means nothing. They're going right. to try combos, but right. is that surprising? I mean, everybody's so high on Rossi coming in, but he might have to take a little bit to get there. I got a theory about this. I yes. think the Rossi thing is 1,000% dialing down the pressure as much as possible because people like me are saying, in my opinion, he needs to play here. Now, I don't know if he's going to be a, a star 
in 2022-23, there's a good chance he won't be. But you know what? I don't think it does him a bit of good to go back down to, to the AHL again and play. So I think that the Wild's smart enough, though, that if they start Rossi on the third line or what was perceived as a second line, right? Then all of you guys are like, oh, man, this is, it's go time. It's going to be go time. What do you say you guys? You're, you're a part of the little media. Oh, I do it a thousand too. percent. But <laughs> I'm saying the people who, who are there on a daily basis would, would say, oh, Marco is clearly ascending and things are going to go great. And that's pressure that they probably don't want. Mm-hmm. Sam Steele might be fine. Um, but I think it's probably a calculated move mm-hmm. to see how, how he fits in. And I say that because of this. Bill Guerin's made it very clear. Whenever he talks about a guy like Rossi, Jesse, that there's never an intention for him to play fourth line. Right. Like in the real world, if he's going to play, they're not going to bury him there because he's not going to play enough. So I think what this is is a calculated, probably very smart move for people to be like, oh, we'll see how he does on the fourth line. And then he takes a deep breath, too. And, and if he then ascends, it's because it appears at least he's earned it. Probably pretty smart. I like that. I also just think maybe he's not good enough. That might be crazy, too. I don't know. I haven't. Honestly, I have not seen enough of him to make that assessment. Um, shout out to JP over there, my father, who came to check in, make sure we're good, and then he's leaving. So, you know, because there's no room back here. There's, it's just packed, so he's out. Uh, again, this is the Bard on Beauties podcast, a weekly podcast brought to you by Talk North. We're doing our first live show under Greenbelt. Don't forget, there are specials going on for Greenbelt Beer. We will have Joe Beer slash Joe Hockey slash Super Cool Dude joining us after a quick break a little bit later to do our Buttes beer break. But uh, until then, Jesse Beers, Judd Zoglad here. Um, and, no, I mean and producer Fred. And, and producer, and producer Fred. Fred. Nobody's here please, to please remember me. Uh, the dude that does things Don't back here. Don't fire he's me. He's showed up for a change. I did. Yeah, it did. Right. It's Great jersey, too, for producer I tried. Fred. Great jersey for producer $75 Fred. $75 at sodastick.com. Code Bardown Beauties, 15% Bardown, Bardown. off. Also, <laughs> shout out to Peak Vestibular Center. Uh, and Royal Credit Union, too. We love all of our sponsors. Love all you guys checking us out. Uh, back to Marco Rossi, who I, I do love. I just, for some reason, there's something I'm just not sold on. Maybe what concerns you? I don't know. It's maybe the hype. Maybe it was like he had a little bit of an attitude getting sent down, which you do. You want that competitive drive. He wanted to be here, and I get that. But there's just something. He didn't completely dominate the AHL. He didn't completely take and, and own that. Matt Boldy kind of did, right? And you saw him continue that. Marco Rossi didn't do that. And he was battling injuries, but that's also my concern, as he seems to be very injury-prone a little bit, too. Um, again, I hope to be proven wrong, as I do with everything. Um, and there's something about Sam Steele, like just his quickness and the little bit I saw when Anaheim visited here, because he got some good minutes in with Anaheim, and I liked Anaheim's prospects, him being one of them. Yep. Um, I kind of want to see Sam Steele be in that spot and have Rossi on the fourth line. But Again, it, who knows what happens, right? I'm certainly not Coach Epson making these decisions, but I will chastise him for it. Absolutely. Um, I think in the case of Rossi, um, it would be a monumental setback if he is, like, if you're right. Yeah. And let's just say he doesn't develop as expected. Uh, with that draft pick, it would be a huge miss. So, be, like, that, yeah, that would be. Yeah, he's just not good enough. If Sam Steele earns that yes. spot, it just simply says Marco yes. Rossi is not good enough. And, and the Ducks traded Steele, why? Like, what did the Ducks not, what did the Ducks see that they clearly thought he, he was expendable for? Right. I, I'd yeah. be curious about that. Yeah, I'm not sure, frankly. Um, no, again, in day one, I mean, so some of the things that we learned, the lines, quote, unquote, the lines being one of the things. Uh, the other thing that we had learned is, 
Mar or, excuse me, Marc-Andre Fleury. We got to see him with Jesper Velstead. I think it's with a V. Did you know that? No. Jesper Velstead is how we actually are supposed to say it. Velstead? Velstead. So it's not Walstead. Sort of like Jonas Brodin and Ewell Eriks. Yeah. Then I've been saying it wrong the whole time. We all have. We I've been all saying Walstead the whole Velstead. time. Um, no, but got to see those two together. Uh, Philip Gustafsson. Did, I, I'm excited to see more of him. I'm excited. I mean, Marc-Andre Fleury expected to get that heavy, heavy workload, and he had told us at the end of his group session today that he's ready for that. He could play. He wants to play every day, and he looks every bit in shape. I mean, he certainly could. But, again, he's 38 maybe, right? Uh -huh. I think somewhere around there. I mean, I'm turning 35 next week, and I feel old. I can't get out of bed That's not the without point. pain. I know. It's just saying, just saying. Um, so does, do you think Gustafsson has it in him? to be that backup goalie. Because at the same time, he needs to play. It's the same thing I said about Capo Kakinen, too. Capo needed to play to get that confidence, and maybe I kind of said they would trade him, and maybe they kind of did, and that worked out, but I just I don't know what happens with the tandem. First of all, admit right now, <laughs> you are very concerned. You are you, you worry as much as I do or more about this one spot. Yes, Go, all the time. And you called it to your credit. Yes. You called it last year. You're like, I don't know about this. Talbot, I don't know. And, and, and I was like, yeah, I'm, be calm, but you might be right. Yeah. And then you were like proven 1,000% <laughs> correct. Um, okay, so the goaltending really intrigues me because, one, you're right. So Flurry two years ago wins the Vesna yep. with the Golden Knights. He's absolutely great. But he's not a young man. He gets traded to Chicago where he is, you know, put in an impossible situation right. but again he's not young and here's what intrigues me now is yes he can play probably quite a bit still but you know gone are the days of the bell cow uh goaltender he's yes. just gonna play so the backup becomes instrumental and, and this is where velstat interests me uh he's 19 he's a kid when i was a young man watching the sport 19 year old goaltenders were not that rare or weird. It wasn't like, oh, oh, you can't do this. I feel like now it's become, oh, he's got a slow cook till he's 22 or so. Sure. Um, but I don't know anything about the, the backup that they got from the Senators. And so I am wondering if Volstead goes to Iowa and plays well and Flurry plays okay, but he starts to tire out. Do you run? Because I, when I saw Velstead in the World Juniors, I will say this about him. I loved how he's built, and I loved his approach. Um, and I sensed he's pretty technically sound, which is important. Mm -hmm. So I'm with you. Like, I, I wonder, I don't think goaltending is, is as set as the fan base probably wants to believe. And I don't think overplaying Flurry is going to be smart at all. Right. Again, because you have the injury concerns. You want to make sure... He stays healthy, and because Philip Gustafsson is so untested and right. so unproven, it's kind of, what do you do there? However, we know how that how the Minnesota Wild organization has tended to treat their rookies. They do want to be patient with them. They do want them develop uh, to develop properly. And Velstead needs to get used to the North American ice too. I mean, that is an honest thing as far as his lateral movement. He had mentioned his skating, but man, the more I watch him, I watched him in the rookie tournament. He is so good. He is so on top. He sees the puck so well. He's not without flaws, right? He did let in a couple soft goals in that rookie tournament against Chicago, but he's so, so good that it's like it's hard to be patient with that, especially yes. when you don't know if Gustafson can be that backup that you need because he not only needs to eat minutes, Philip Gustafson, I mean, 
but he also needs to win games. Like, he can't go in there. You know, like, that's going to be the, the true test is, is he going to be able <laughs> to do that? I understand the patience thing with Valstead and not burning him out because it did work with, for instance, Dallas Stars and Jake Ottinger. Jake Ottinger they were very patient with, and then he finally comes out and is a superstar, hashtag one of us. Um, but, yeah, I mean, again, it's – I'm not any more confident in this goaltending tandem than I was with – Kapokakin and Cam Talbot, or even Cam and, and Marc-Andre Fleury. I wouldn't have been that comfortable with that either because I don't think that was the answer. What's your opinion of the expectations here, too, uh, be, beyond that one spot? What is your, from the, the uh, f- folks that you've talked to and just what, what you ob- have observed as well, Jesse, what is your, because I, I am very on the fence as far as what I think the internal, like Bill Guerin's going to say all the right things. He's right. very good at that. But what do you think the internal expectation for this coming season really is? I mean, I think they they're, they have to make the playoffs, right? I think that they're probably internally having to set the bar there because it's not necessarily just losing Kevin Fiala on 80 points. It's expecting Marcus Foligno to put up 17 goals or whatever it was, or Jordan Greenway. And I think that is unattainable. I don't know how you replicate that. I, again, I don't think it's... Yes, losing Fiala hurts. That's not everything. It's just you're expecting so much of everybody else, and I think a lot of them met a ceiling. I don't know that Ryan Hartman can improve upon what he did. Kirill Kaprizov can improve. Matt Boldy can improve. The rest of them, I think they to stay the same would be impressive. I don't know. I think, um, you know, for me, that's what I get the sense of, and I'm sure they know that. And, of course, every player is going to say, well, I do want to improve on that. It's like, but can you? Can you actually do that? And I think, in my opinion, the answer is, no, I don't think you can. I think it's going to be very hard for a lot of those players to improve upon what we saw last year. I think, for me, the important thing is I don't care about a 12-game win streak in December. I care about four-game win streaks starting in February and all of a sudden being the best team the second half of the season. That's what I want to see out of this team because then they're ready to play in playoff hockey. And the spring, too. Yeah. And, and, and I mean, the one thing I, the thing that I think disappointed me the most about the Wild last season it wasn't that they lost in the playoffs. It was how they lost. Yes. And for, for a team that seemed so mentally together and, and a locker room that clearly had chemistry, like there's no question they did. And a team that had Marc-Andre Fleury. They went out and got Marc-Andre yeah, Fleury. Yeah, exactly. To fall apart like they did against the Blues. And, and look, there is blame to be spread. You know, Dean in the playoffs disappointed me greatly. The yeah. lack of adjustments to me inexcusable. I mean, Craig Berube after game one is like, okay, I'm changing this, this, and this, right. and, and we're going to change our schematics a little bit, and it worked perfectly. Um, Dean didn't do that. Dean was very slow to, to react to what he should have, but I love where you're going on regression. Right. Because I don't mean to throw, uh, you know, on day, day one of training camp, uh, um, be a killjoy here, but <laughs> you're exactly right. Yeah. Um, First of all, this notion that, well, other guys will just replace Fiala's production is silliness. Right. Um, Kevin Fiala, at his best, and he is certainly not always at his best, is a sniper. Yep. You've watched it, this game long enough to know this. Those guys are hard to find. Mm-hmm. Snipers? Um, and, yeah, the, the guy that I think regression is coming for, and, I, and, again, he might have a fine year, Ryan Hartman. Right. I mean – Ryan Hartman, I can sit here and tell you unequivocally, is not a number one center. Right. He is a top six player. I appreciate him, and he works his butt off, and that's awesome. 
Um, but, you know, this whole thing of, well, he's our top guy. It's like, yeah, he's not really a top guy on a team. He that's gonna fits make, there. Yeah. I mean, it's fitting. It's right. fine. And yeah. Zuccarello's sort of a, a winger who's, who's a semi-center because he has such good chemistry and loves to pass to Correll. All that's great. But, yeah, that's where I'm a little bit – I'm a little bit perplexed about what they think internally. I agree completely. Mm-hmm. Playoff yeah. team, it would, be, it would be very bad for them not to make the playoffs. Uh, but as far as, like, expectations um, – I don't, I don't know exactly what they're going to expect. I do think that they went into the Blue Series last spring with very high hopes. Of course. And they should have. Yeah, they should. I mean, because they were. On paper, it's a, it was a very good team. Best regular season of the career. We have Kirill Kaprizov. Everyone's healthy-ish heading into the playoffs. But they did. I feel like they maybe took St. Louis lightly, and you were exactly right, Judd. It was the fact that... Dean didn't do anything to change after the loss. And then you put Cam Talbot in a no-win situation, and I understand maybe not making the switch, but that was the thing that Craig Berube did do. He made his goaltending switch after one poor game, and it's like, all right, we'll sit Jake out, you know, whatever, put Jake Allen in, excuse me. But, yeah, I mean, I and I actually, I asked Dean this point blank today, hoping I would get something. I didn't get much, but I, I did. I said, you know, have you guys, is that expectation bar raised too high now because of what you guys achieved last year? And he said, you know, he feels – that there are still players that can grow. But he did. He gave the very safe answer. Well, of course, you know, our goal is to win the Stanley Cup, and right. blah, 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 and every day. I'm like, right. that's fair. And I get that. I, knew, I, should, I expected that, too. But I had to ask because that's my biggest question is, where is your bar now? Is it unrealistic? Is it unreachable? Because you don't want that either. You don't want them going in with such high expectations because then you're going to feel those losses even heavier, and they're going to weigh on you. And then you're going to put too much pressure on yourself. You're going to grip in, or tighten your grip on the stick, all of that stuff. So – It'll be interesting to see what happens. We're going to take a quick break, you guys. Again, this is the Bar Down Beauties podcast, a weekly hockey podcast on Talk North, also on YouTube, wherever you can stream your podcast. I'm Jesse Pierce. This is Judd Zolglad. We'll be right back with our first Buttes Beer Breakdown with uh, Hockey and Beer Joe. Stay tuned. Okay, I want you to think of the first time You took a big hit on the ice. Maybe it was a men's adult league. Maybe you were slammed into the boards in a big game, or maybe it pulled a Jesse and just tripped over the blue line. Either way, it's happened. Boys hockey, girls hockey, it doesn't matter. We've all been there with our first big hits. And unfortunately, those hits can add up over time. Hockey players can end up with dizziness, headaches, and pain, and a large portion have even experienced concussion-like symptoms as a result. Thankfully, there's an answer. Dr. Tyler Stewart with Peak Vestibular Center specializes in the drug-free treatment of nagging concussion symptoms. Dr. Stewart formulated the 3A Brain Restoration Program, a comprehensive program to get to the root cause of your symptoms. He utilizes the latest technology and techniques to get you back on the path to your best life and back on the ice. If you're dealing with dizziness, headaches, or pain after taking one too many hits, contact Dr. Stewart for a complimentary consultation today. Go to dizzinesscare.com or call 715-690-2211 to schedule your complimentary consultation. Bar Down Beauties podcast, uh, doing a live show here at JL Beers. Shout out to JL Beers for having us. Shout out to Grain Belt for helping us put on this live show. And as always, Talk North. Also giving some love to our other sponsors, Peak Vestibular Center, Royal Credit Union, and SodaStick.com. Joining me now is Joe Hockey, Joe Beer, super cool dude, whatever we want to go with. Uh, one of Shell's and Grain Belt's finest. Uh, Minus uh, he's a Roseville Raider, I, so we won't <laughs> hold that against him. Actually, I went to Moundsview. Oh, 
I know. It's I don't even, know how I feel it's about even, that. It's even worse. I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> What's going on? How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm good. You know, we're starting hockey season. You're a oh, big hockey fan. How jacked are you? I cannot wait. Yeah. I'm so excited. That's literally all I think about. That's not, when it's not beer, it's hockey. And I, before I was coming here, I told, I was at another account and I said that I was coming down here to do this. And they were like, oh, you're going to a hockey podcast? That's weird. I'm like, yeah, well. <laughs> weird. You? I'm, you like hockey? I'm, I'm pretty simple. Yeah. Well, you know, good for good news for everybody, beer and hockey. There's really no better marriage in the entire world, in no. my opinion. And I see you, first of all, super sick sweatshirt. Anybody that is here, come back to the beer hall just to check out Joe's sweatshirt, Ooh. which is a Shell's Oktoberfest sweatshirt. How, what's, a, what's a beauty got to do to get one of those? I feel, I feel it out great, I'm just saying. <laughs> um, come down to the brewery. Yeah. Come down. We, uh, we have our Oktoberfest coming um, October 15th at the brewery. Um, it's our... Second biggest event that we do down there behind our Bachfest that's in uh, February. Nice. Or, uh, March, sorry. We've moved it to March. So. Yeah. So are we getting geared up? I see you brought some shells. Yeah. Oktoberfest. Tell we're us a little the, bit about what we got going we're on. We're in the heart of Oktoberfest season. So, um, yes, it's called Oktoberfest. Oktoberfest is generally ce- is, is celebrated in, uh, in September. So yeah. um, it's, it's, we have a nice little, like, 60-day window to sell as much Oktoberfest as humanly possible. People <laughs> wait for it. Um, I personally mentally look at the kickoff for Oktoberfest as a state fair. Yeah. Um, some people wait till after Labor Day. I don't know. Uh, whatever. There's no right or wrong way no, to do it, right? I mean, I, there's there's places there's you know there's breweries that sell their Martin all year round. Yeah. So um, we we sell it for three four months and then it's done. You know, it's funny because October f- or uh, November first, it's like. It, the switch turns off. Nobody wants it anymore. So it's like you got to drink it as much as you can in September and October, and then poof, it goes away for exactly. That's 10 the months. specialty yeah. of it, right? It kind of feels like, oh, we got to get limited. this now. It's limited. That's right. the word I was looking for, right? You guys have come up with a lot of great new beers. I know my uh, husband's particularly fond of the lemon that oh, you guys yeah, just came right. out. Which, Thank uh, you. yeah, tell us about some of the other things that you guys have been so trying. This summer, this summer we did uh, uh, lemon. Yep. As a companion to our, our Green Belt Blue. Um, we did that mainly because we like to cut, we like to mix things here and there. And, and Green Belt Blue, like lemonade and blueberry yeah, beer. Yeah. I mean, blueberry lemonade. So we were like, well, let's, let's make our own shandy and, and see how it is. So um, it, did, it did real well. We did it as a teaser at the fair last year um, as our specialty beer. And that came out. And this year, uh, this year we, relaunched, we launched it as a as its own standalone beer, and yeah. um, we have it in a variety pack too in the stores with uh, our Grain Belt Blue Light, our Light Blue, okay, um, which was like a dialed down version of our regular blue. So it's a little, little uh, less sweet and uh, not as punchy in the face as uh, blueberry <laughs> as you, <laughs> as the regular blue. So there you go. Do you have a favorite beer? I mean, when you're working in the beer industry, is it even? Yeah. Can you even are you even allowed to have a favorite? Yeah, actually. You get so, so many? I I mean it it changes for me for sure. Um, la- uh, if you would ask me five, ten years ago, I would it would have been some weird imperial stout that you can't <laughs> find anywhere. Now I'm not kidding. Like right now, now I drink, I drink our Deer Brand. That's my favorite beer. Okay, it's, that's what I drink. Um, right now I'm drinking our Green Belt Elite. Nice. I I want beer. I want I want I don't want cotton candy weird <laughs> like you know gumball hopped you yep. know like whatever weird stuff. I I just I kind of want to just sit down and not think about it. Um, so Pilsners, Pilsners are generally my favorite. Um, I, you know, I, I drink so much Grain Belt Premium. It's, yeah. you know, and I, I thought for sure um, I would get sick of drinking 
like the main, you know, our mainstays. Sure. Um, you know, previous breweries I've worked at, like that you just kind of like, okay, I'm over this one. I'm, <laughs> I'm not really into that, and I, and I just I really want like to just drink a beer, and that's where our deer brand. I mean, we've been making for 160 years, so it's. Yeah. I think we've got it dialed in now. I Finally. would think so. Just. Just ha- we just got to dial in. <laughs> you know, sometimes it takes that long for perfection <laughs> to really hit that through. sweet spot right now. Yeah, huh? exactly. Well, and again, bringing it back to hockey because that's what I do. Uh, I think just straight up beer goes well with hockey. Really, any sport, frankly, right? But there's something just about a classic they, beer they, that you can have. They call it beer league, right? Yeah, that's a very good. Well, point. for us, anyway, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly right. What is your prediction? I know you you mentioned big hockey fan. What's your outlook? We're going to have Judd Zuglid back in just a minute after our next break. But what's your prediction for the Minnesota Wild this year? They, they did a lot of good last year, but still busted in that first I, God, it's hard to It's hard to say they'll win the division. I mean, Colorado is such a juggernaut. And, yeah. I mean, even losing, you know, a guy like Kadri, who was such a big player. I mean, like, they still have Kale McCarr and <laughs> Nathan McKinnon and Landeskog. And it's just like, I mean, I, goaltending's – Kind of saucy right there, but like I mean, I I was. But they never, won a cup with Darcy Kemper. I, I was for just gonna say I was, I've never been I've yeah. never been a huge Kemper fan. I just thought he was kind of unhinged a little bit and yeah. just I don't know. Um, he doesn't wear socks, so that's why he's weird. Really? Truly. Wow. I have been told that maybe he wears cl- like um like nude colored socks, but it sure doesn't look like he wears socks. <laughs> that says something about a person. Oh, I you should judge that very I, much. Yeah, that's, I can't get it out of my head. I, I saw I, it once and I can't. I say move. you know I say. Second in the division, um, and okay. I, I truly think that they kind of learned their lesson last year in the playoffs, and I, I think they win at least a round. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, it's you got to. I, I hate the whole. Well, they matched up against the Blues, of course they did, and that's just you know that's too unfortunate. It's like, well, you you have to play the best. You <laughs> you're have, gonna to, have to go through. You're everybody. have to go through somebody. Yeah. Like you can't just like pick and choose who you get to go through <laughs> in the playoffs. So it's like it shouldn't even matter who your first round matchup is. It's you know I mean all those years of us playing the Blackhawks. It's like well, guess what? You're probably gonna run into them in the in the Western Conference Finals anyway. Yeah. I, it doesn't matter. So it's I mean I th- I thought Minnesota. I mean we matched up so well against. Call her we. I'm on the team now, I guess. Yeah, that's fine. Um, that's good. Tell Benzie that hey, you're on the team. Yeah, it's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we we. Um, I thought the Wild matched up so well against uh, Colorado last year that I was kind of hoping that that scenario played out where yeah. they played in the first round. Um, and I just we just never matched up well against the Blues, and that's what ended up happening. And I think right. I think they learned a, or learned a lot, and it's you know, it it'd be nice if they could score a power play goal. Yeah, maybe, <laughs> or two, or you know, special teams. Just do things better. Two or three or something. Just do things better. Get out of the first round. Buy a round of Grain Bell Premium. That is on special here. At, you like that segue? That was pretty good, yeah. huh? That's what I do. Uh, we are out here at JL Beers. Grab a round. Go get Shell's Oktoberfest while it is still on shelves and all of the other delightful beer that Shell's and Grain Belt offers. Thank you for having us out for our first Grain Belt presented live show at JL Beers. Joe, you are the best. We'll be doing these once a month. Uh, and Joe will be joining us each one, right? Yeah. Yeah. An update. We'll see where the wild are each time. So perfect. Next time, bring that shirt. Oh, I'll I'll find one. Okay, good. We're going to take another quick break. You guys we will be right back. Uh, wrapping up our final segment, Judd, um, we had talked about goaltending, our concerns there. Talked about the offense concerns there. 
what other major concerns do you have about this Minnesota Wild team? And again, we have a pretty good idea of who's going to make it. Of course, there might be some surprises, but probably not, right? Um, what other concerns might you have that would prohibit the Wild from you know, achieving the success they had in the regular season last year? The key one to me is special teams, right, Jesse? Right. Power play is huge. Um, I want to see... And this might work. It might not work. I don't care. I just want to see it be given a chance. <laughs> Kaylin Addison get a chance to run the first power play. Um, that power play was not acceptable. Yeah. That was not acceptable. I also think that, and I like this guy when he's playing well, but he's been playing a long time now, and he doesn't necessarily show enough consistency, and he's hurt a lot. I need to see Matt Dumba. Oh, there it is. I need to see Matt Dumba have a complete season. Sure. Um, it's never been the same since like a Chuck fight. No, you, no, <laughs> never you're been right. the same. And, I mean. and then he what broke a rib against the Predators last year and punctured a lung, and it was it sounded awful. Yeah. Damn you, Kachuk. <laughs> well, and that was the most producer Fred here as well, in case Sorry. you guys forgot. <laughs> Sorry, and producer Fred's not wrong because I yeah. mean the thing that drove you nuts was that stupid fight was all a revenge thing because of the hit in <laughs> Calgary. That's the stupidest <laughs> stuff. Um, but anyway, I need to see Dumba have a complete season that means not you know good game average game bad game good game I need way more consistency there but I do want to see Kalen get a chance to run that first power play sure I want to see there there is no reason why that power play was not better and then I love uh schematically what they've talked about penalty kill wise Mm -hmm. I I have been for 35 years now, a fan of the aggressive PK. Right. I hate sitting back. Yeah. Um, I hate, you know, well, you're, you know, we're, we're going to try and sit back and no. Let them wear them out type of situation. I call right? it pressuring the puck. Yeah. If you pressure the puck, you can create things. Mm-hmm. Um, and so special teams to me is probably one of the biggest, like fundamentally, if you can be more successful killing penalties and power play, that's going to change things. So, right. so like, that's more of a – that's not a player thing. That's more of a scheme thing and personnel thing. But I think that that – among Dean's jobs, and he knows this, mm-hmm. that's one of the most important ones. 100%. And, I mean, they weren't just off base of time or two. They were awful, right? Like, the power play last year for the Minnesota Wild was atrocious. And everybody knew it. They all knew it. I think the main problem, in addition to not letting Kalen Addison hop in there, which, again, still boggles my mind, and they're still handling Addison, I think, very oddly. I'm very curious as to their reason in that they don't have full belief in Kalen Addison yeah. because all we've heard about for years is that he's this power play specialist. He's this power play specialist, but he's not on the power play. And he is, he's on the smaller side, right? And I know the Wild already have a smaller size blue line in general. Uh, speaking of said blue line, one thing I also didn't mention to my line heathens, hashtag line heathens, um, they actually had – Jared Spurgeon and Jonas Brodeen paired up today at day one of training camp, and you had Matt Dumba and Jacob Middleton paired as well, which could be interesting, and maybe that gets Dumba going a little bit more, having to, I mean, you know Dumba and Broads are great together. They really, really are, but maybe that is really beneficial, and you have two of your top defenders really as that first pair rather than splitting it up. I do think you're going to see a different Dumba this year because it's a contract year. He has to play well, right? I I mean... I think he knows that he wants to stay here in Minnesota and he knows that personality wise, Bill Guerin really likes him, but, and, but Dumba is who he is. And he always has been like, he's a high risk, high reward player. He's got a bomb of a shot, but with that comes that risk. Right. And, and granted you saw that bomb of a shot drop off because he was playing through injuries and he hasn't been the same with that shoulder. Um, but I do, I think you're going to see him hopefully elevate his game. And if not, 
I wouldn't bring him back. Then I, in that case, Agreed. I would be like, okay, we've, we've done this test drive for a while because I do think there is, you know, has he met that ceiling? I hope not, but it seems like he, he certainly might have. So I would agree with you, Judd. I think special teams, obviously a major concern. The other thing that goes into special teams, they had like 10 practices last year total, I think. So that's also part of the problem. I remember Marc-Andre Fleury telling us he thought Tria was like an illusion because he had never been to Tria because they weren't practicing at Tria. And I'm all for giving guys a day off because it is a grind. But how do you expect your special teams to get any better if you're never doing any work on it and you're never changing things? And, again, that goes back to a problem that I think I have with uh, Coach Dean Evson is that he doesn't – he gets married to things. He gets married to lines. He gets married to certain situations and doesn't respond, as we had talked about in the St. Louis series uh, top of all. So I agree. I mean, I'm hoping it improves because it could get worse. Not much, but it could get worse. Can I throw out something? Of course. What if COVID doesn't affect this team as much as it did last year? Obviously, their schedule was a grind at the end trying to make up COVID games. There wasn't that many, though, was really. It? Wasn't that why no. he was not doing practices? Because it was how many games were well, yeah, happening? It, I mean, it did impact practices. But, but here's the thing, too, is, again, and, and this to me is the most important thing. The inexcusable playoff games, to me, that, that's where I was really disturbed. Because yeah. up, up until then, I had seen some really good things. And... I mean, I was, for the first time, I shouldn't have been, Minnesota <laughs> sports fan. Uh, I, I was really... It got you to believe, Yeah, Judd. exactly. I, but, but I bought in. I mean, the locker room was really good. Yeah. Um, and, and that's where I like... I like the strings that Garen especially has pulled to clean guys out, to get guys in. There's no BS now. The reason why the Cam Talbot trade didn't bug me at all is because Bill's not going to put up with your crap. Right. Um, but yeah, but you know, I do, I do think that it's a very interesting thing and the power play probably pointed to, to this and we missed it at the time, but the playoffs drove it home. I think that the whole thing with Dean has to make adjustments and quite frankly too, and this is the fine line, especially in 2022 with young people that you walk, yeah. um, you can't ride the players constantly, but Dean probably needed to be tougher. Mm-hmm. Dean probably needed to be tougher on that team. Yeah. And the problem is you can't get to the playoffs and turn into a tough guy. Right. Like, like, there, like there needs to be a set expectation. And I think Dean's a tough guy. So yeah. don't uh, – he, he's not a – For sure. He, he's not a guy who's scared right. to be tough on players. But I understand the problem and the fine line here. But it just felt like that playoff drop-off was really disappointing because up until then it seemed like, in air quotes, the new wild – Yep. And then we got to the playoffs, and I was like, oh, not really. And that, that to me, was really, really um, too bad to see. I mean, to that point, Judd, you were in those post-game presses with us, and how many times did Dean say, oh, I didn't have to say anything. The captains handled that. Correct. Your captain is Jared Spurgeon, who, God love him, is not a vocal captain. He is not a guy that's going to get in your face. Dumba and Felino, maybe a little bit more, but they're likable guys, too. And, you know, that hasn't changed. You don't have a guy that is going to be like, we're pissed off. I mean, I think Matt Zuccarello was the only one that was honest following that Winter Classic loss who actually said, we sucked. That was embarrassing. We should be embarrassed. And everybody else kind of fell to the side, oh, very right. Minnesota nice. I mean, you don't have enough of those guys. Not to say they're not hungry. Of course they want to go out there and win. I just don't feel, yeah, that sense of urgency or that sense of kind of like a little bit of hostility that you need kind of inside of you. Because Nathan McKinnon's a guy that's going to go in there and scream and yell, I think, right? I mean, respectfully so, but at the same time still says that. And I think you're absolutely right. That's a really good point. And I do, I think, 
Dean leaned too much on some of the guys to handle some of those things internally, which is important, right? But at the same time, you're right. He needs to take um, some of that into his own hands, and hopefully maybe you see that this year. Yeah, and and I do think that the the fact that they do have – they definitely have guys that can lead. You're right. I don't know that they have a lot of guys that can get mad, and I do think that's incredibly important at at times, especially in that sport where it probably carries extra weight at times. Uh, but yeah, and you know what? Best case, Dean learned too. Yeah. You know, best yep. case, he, he learned and, and at least partially reassessed things. Um, and the weird thing is this. I'm not negative about this team. I just don't know what the expectation, like the expectation when they made the trades at the deadline last March were to me, oh, wow, okay. They're going for it. Sure. Um, with the cap now and with, Fiala, which is a major loss. It's a major loss with yeah. him gone. Um, I think we probably need to be a little bit more understanding that this is a playoff team. But I feel like this is all, again, now building up towards something. And I know fans get sick of that. And I do, too. <laughs> um, but I just think that this team is is now going to use young players and Rossi and guys like that and try and build something. I'm positive about that. I just don't know what the expectation should be for this coming season. That's fair. I will be a little ray of sunshine on this matter, though. At least the prospect pool looks very, very good oh. for the Minnesota Wild for the first time Gosh. in forever, <clears throat> right? I mean, there is, because it is, they're going to have to rely on those young guys. Those young guys are going to take up a lot of minutes because they're going to have to because they're cheap, and that's what it is. But luckily for the Minnesota Wild organization, they have very capable young players. Long gone are, God bless them, Kyle Rao, though, a forever AHL, or you don't have many. You know, you've got guys that are capable of transitioning their game into the NHL. It's still going to be a challenge, and it's still going to have some growing pains with it, like any young player will, but that's at least a little glimmer of hope because, yes, while you're not going to make a Stanley Cup run probably next year, two years, three years down the road, in five years, maybe you're having that conversation for real. I hope before that. Well, I hope before hope. that, but but you know what? <laughs> you were right. Chuck Fletcher is now Philadelphia's <laughs> problem. And that's not working out well. Did you see Torts made all of that's his players not, skate again hard today? He might not last torts. the season. I think Torts is what Philly needs. I love it. Um, I love it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I love it as far as a fan goes. Yeah. But if I'm the Flyers, I don't think the Fletcher-Torts combination. No. Uh, I think the head coach is going to strong arm the GM, and I don't know that that's going to work. No, we'll see. We'll see. Before we wrap again, this is Bardown Beauty's podcast. You can find us on all of your podcast streaming ads. We are brought to you by Talk North, SodaStick.com, Grain Belt, who's allowing us to do this live show. Don't forget to check out their specials they have tonight here at JL Beers. Judd, before we wrap, uh, season predictions. Like you mentioned, both of us very skeptical. Uh, but we're always ready to be heard again by every Minnesota sports team, right? We had talked about maybe the playoffs are the optimistic hope, but do you, where do you think they finish in the season? What is really, truly realistic? Again, day one of camp, everybody. Right. But let's see. What do you thought? What are your thoughts? Well, I, I think that the West, for the most part, is going to be tough. The West is good. Um, I think they're a playoff team. I don't think it's a slam dunk that they – I think they could be the third team in the Central, but I also won't be shocked if, they're error, if they are a wild card team. Sure. Um, that won't surprise me. I don't think they get near the point total of last year. I also don't care. <laughs> to be clear, I, if, I could, if I was given a team tomorrow to coach or be the GM of, I would say, gentlemen, if we win the President's Trophy, you're all done here. <laughs> 
I hate that thing. You know, I yeah. hate. Look where we finished. Now, if it helps, we could hang a banner like Nashville, though. Yeah, no, no? I never want that banner. <laughs> I don't want any more meaningless banners. Yeah. I don't want a banner for the fans. I don't want mm -hmm. a banner for uh, the President's Trophy. Uh, but I do think they get in the playoffs. Um, and I'll be very curious to see if lessons were learned at all. Because I will say this: once you got in the playoffs, Fiala did nothing. Right. So which that's is the knock against him all the time, right? Yeah. That he does disappear in the in the playoffs. And I think you're right. You will feel the after effect of not having a Kevin Fiala, without question. Where do you think the Central? Who takes the Central then? Who? I mean, it's Colorado. Colorado right? has to, right? You'd think. Like until they're until they're dethroned. Yeah. I got to go with them. Yeah. But but I mean, you know. Calgary is is an intriguing team. Kachuk being gone hurts them, but what they got? Kadri, they got Kadri now. They got um, they That's it. the Florida trade. Yeah, yeah. The Florida oh, trade was yeah. that was an One unbelievable of the most trade. Un, un, underrated players in the and game. he's coming off wide, and he's not young, but he's coming off a great season. So yeah. um, I think that the I think the other division is going to present some very intriguing teams too. Uh, but yeah, I got to go. Central, until, until they are uh, not atop that division, it's hard to say that, that the Avs. I mean, McKinnon, Kale McCarr, let's go through it. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Who's number two? Oh, that's a good Saint question. St. Louis. Yeah, I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued by the Blues Future because <laughs> I, like, I like how they're coached. Yeah. Um, Ruby's fantastic. He is. And he's just a, I mean, he's just a, a, a bleep kicker. Yeah. Um, so... St. Louis. I think Winnipeg's going to be bad. Yes. I don't like them. Ripping that C off our boy Blake Wheeler too. Yeah. Where's he getting? Where's he going to get traded? He's going to get traded. They're yeah. they're not going to they're not going to keep this up. No. Uh, he's going to be and and I and you, you know, know what? You know who could use the number one center? Just kidding. Well, I, I they love the I Gophers. Looked, <laughs> and I looked at the cap. Um, yeah. Rick Bonus. What are you doing, Winnipeg? I know. I mean, God bless him. He was coaching when I was like twenty. <laughs> I'm 52 now. I mean, Rick Bonus is the same guy that had Riley Tufty come out and speak to media and then doesn't play the poor kid yeah. at the opener is after Nashville, this heartfelt. What's Nashville going to be I like? I think Nashville is going to be sneaky scary. I did say this last year. I However, they right. have Ryan McDonough now. And yes. they have, I mean, that's a big move. Nashville made moves to win. I mean, they definitely, and they did it quietly, it seems, which is so odd, but it's like they. I think they're good. They've got great goaltending, right? They, I mean, I also, though, thought they were going to be good last year. It'll be different. Maybe Granny and Nita Ryder together. That helps. Um, I, I like Nashville. I do. I, I like right. Nashville. So, we'll see. That's exciting. I would agree with you, though, at the end of the day. Minnesota, I would not be surprised if they were a bubble team. I would not be surprised if it comes down to the very end. And I don't say that just to be the pessimist that I tend to be. I just think that's the reality of it. Because, again, no. I, they last year – to me, is unattainable. That is just not going to happen. There's no way. And that's fine. You don't have to have that many points to get there. I mean, you do need to have more than you had to have 10 years ago, right? I mean, the year that Coach Bruce Boudreau here, the last successful regular season, they needed like 103 points or whatever it was just to get into the playoffs. It was insane. Right. Um, but I think with, yeah, how poorly you have every Chicago and Winnipeg and Dallas is always kind of meh, right? Like, with how poorly but those is Dallas going to bounce back? Now, see, that, that's yeah. my question. It's like, who's going to bounce Tyler back? Tyler Sagan, right? You have, I love yeah. Otter and Net. I really do. Not yep. just because he's a Minnesota kid. Big fan. Uh, but, no, I think Minnesota's just going to be that on the bubble. It's going to go back to the years of coming down to the wire, and it's one point, two point, and whatever, which is fine. I think making it to the playoffs will be successful. And if they make it there, we'll see. Again, I have 
I have uh, concerns surrounding so many areas that they need to prove me wrong. Like I say every year, though. Goal-tending. Prove me wrong. That's where, Je- that's where Jesse Pierce is I concerned. don't know why. I just, I'm so hard on Nobody loses as much sleep <laughs> over goaltending as you do. Cam Talbot is not an extraordinary goaltender. He was a very average goaltender, and I'm sick of people telling me otherwise. Tell that to his wife. I just, oh, he's, he's normal. He's normal, and that's fine. There's nothing wrong with being average, but, oh, he was winning. He didn't win Jack down the stretch. The team won, and he just was there. That's my that's my soapbox. I like it. I've heard this for a whole year. Still going. Oh, I know. She talked about in the press box all last year. But but here's the thing. I appreciate it. (laughs) It's real. She's not wrong. I'm a warped person, so (laughs) I'm like, yeah, heck yeah. (laughs) It's the best goaltending team. No, it's not. Stupidest thing I've ever heard. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) we've seen a lot of questionable goaltending from this franchise. Yes. And so it's sort of like it's a little bit like Viking quarterback play. Okay, yeah. It's a little bit like that. I like it. Speaking of Vikings, Judd, where can people listen to you in all of your hot Vikings takes and hockey takes? Oh, that's right. Yes. Uh, score North, we've got Judd's Hockey Show, Mackie and Judd, Purple Daily, tons <laughs> of content, and you, of, of course, do Before We Before Die. Before We Die, exactly Vikings right. content. I am just as negative there as I am here, well, so come check it out. On the Vikings, how can you not be? Oh, my goodness. My goodness, it's going to be an interesting one on Sunday. Uh, Sunday, the Minnesota Wild also kick off their preseason game at home against the Colorado Avalanche, so go check that out if you're into it. Uh, Kids Day, so that'll be fun if you have a family and kids and whatnot. Uh, Thank you to everybody that came out to our packed house here at JL Beers, uh, Bar Down Beauties podcast. Our first live show, we will be doing these once a month. Stay tuned to our social media channels for all of our different locations. Hopefully you guys had a great time. I know I had a great time out here. Judd, thank you so much for joining us. Producer Fred, shout out to you for hitting those buttons sometimes, sometimes not hitting them. It's 50-50 at this point. We will have a new episode of Bar Down Beauties released next Monday with guest Matt Boldy. Until then, have a great one. (laughs) 